0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones.
1: Building in Faith He fell in love with the wrong soulmate. His soul was to be shaped by his calling. His soul was to be shaped by the Word of God. He was to develop a taste for holy things. He developed a taste for carnal things. He developed a taste for life on the edge. Living on the edge. He developed a taste for these Philistine women. He developed a taste for danger.
0: Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our As Pastor Ed continues his teaching series through the book of Judges, he'll be challenging us to allow our souls to be molded by the holiness of God instead of the carnality of the world. Don't be like Samson, who had a clear calling on his life, yet flirted with sin and eventually was destroyed by it. There will always be a choice between living for the Lord and being holy, or living for your flesh and slowly decaying. The only way we will choose holiness is if we love the Lord with all of our being. Now, here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith.
1: Building in Faith. You've been attracted to those Philistines for a long, long time. Remember what your mother said? Can't you find a good Jewish girl? Samson, you're vulnerable. Don't even go there. See, there are seasons in our life when we're more vulnerable than others. There are times in our life where temptation and whatever area may impact us more than at other times. And Samson just simply doesn't pay attention. See, God set up his word. Now, his word is like a guardrail. When you're driving on life's highway, there's all sorts of twists and turns where you can veer off and you can get on that slippery slope of sin and fall to your destruction. But God put up the guardrails to protect us, but we could ignore his word. We could ignore what the scripture said, and that's what Samson's going to do. I don't know if his times were much different than ours. It spiraled down. You go through the book of Judges from beginning to end, and you take note that the times were getting worse and worse and worse. Anybody who has um, lived any amount of years can say times are harder today than they were 20 years ago or 40 years ago, or morality's changed in America and keeps on rapidly changing. I mean, Christian Mangle, place where Christians can meet. They took a survey, you know. In that survey, they asked Christians if they would engage in um, premarital sex before they're married. Sixty three percent said yes. That's Christian Mangle. We reflect our culture. But God's word doesn't change. And, and Paul would have something to speak to and say to Samson and to you and me. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4 and including 7. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That means set apart from God and separate from the world. That's God's will. That you should avoid sexual immorality. It's all, avoid it. And then he's real clear that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that's holy and honorable. You know when you're weak. You know when you're stronger. You know what causes you temptations. You know what doesn't bother you. Samson was, as far as we know, a single man. And um, I don't know if he tried Christian mingle or not, but uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) he... Uh, But anyway, he, he made terrible choices, as so many people do. And so often the case. Paul says that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that's holy and honorable. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. His standards haven't changed. They're the same. So he ignores God's law To his own detriment, he's driven by sensuality. But you know what else he does that causes causes him to just plummet to the bottom? He ignores God's grace. He ignores God's grace. Uh, We read the text earlier, verses 2 to 3. It says... They're waiting to kill him. They're planning, they're gonna just put him to death. He gets up. Middle of the night, he goes to the gates and he just rips them up. That weighs several thousand pounds. Leaves the city defenseless, because that was their defense. Goes about 40 miles to Hebron. Now, how do you do that? I don't care if you're an atlas or if you're the strongest man in the world. You can't do that in the natural. It it takes the power of God. See, God reached down in Samson's weakness and he showed him mercy and grace and delivered him and gave him the strength. Instead of Samson stopping and thinking, oh God, thank you. I could have been killed. I could have died. He does what so often God's children do. He just takes God's grace for granted. Oh, that's the way it should be, you know. That's the way God is. Remember what Paul said in Romans? God's law was given so that all people should see how sinful they were. Oh, we see that. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more Abundant. What God was doing was saying, Samson, I love you, you're strained. Samson, I've called you, Samson, don't you remember? I don't know, maybe his mother's and father's prayers were still following him, and God was reaching down in grace to deliver him, to lift him out of his situation. But he simply ignores the grace of God because he's gonna, at the end of the chapter, wind up in Gaza. And at the end of the chapter, because he didn't learn he's going to be in Gaza this time, he's going to die there. It's going to come full circle. There he is, just simply going along, not recognizing God's kind, gracious work in his life. Self-destructive life is a life driven, driven by sensuality. And it drives him right into the land of stupidity. That's the only way to say it. He was walking in stupidity. When you read these verses from four, almost to the end of chapter, about verse 20 or so, you see this dialogue between him and Delilah. And you think, hello? Is anybody up there? You know, how far does that elevator go? Samson, come on. Well, let me just read a couple of verses. You'll see what I'm saying. In chapter 14, sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Wow! She was going to be set up for the rest of her life. I mean, in, in those terms, she was a millionaire. 30 shekels of silver was the cost of a slave. Five of the leaders, five of the governors, the leaders, going to give her 1,100 each, she made out well. So Delilah said to the Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Hello, Samson, you know. Uh, He saw love, she saw money. He really loved this woman. Now, it's interesting. There were four women that were prominent in his life. His mother, we don't know her name. His wife that he got married to at Timnah, we don't know her name, and the prostitute. But this woman was named Delilah. Now, he fell in love with the wrong, let me underline it, wrong soulmate. Do you know you could fall in love with a wrong soulmate? Mm -hmm. In in verses 4, and again, 15 to 17, uh, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek. Her name was Delilah. Then she said to him, how can you say, I love you when you won't confide in me? You know, we got to be transparent in this relationship. We got to tell everybody everything about ourselves. How can you keep these things from me? If you love me, Samson. Doesn't that sound familiar? Chapter 14, remember his wife? They said, We want the riddle, you get it from him. Tell me the secret, how do you love me? She poured on the tears, he deja vu. But sin makes you stupid. It does. Sin makes us stupid. How can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. So he told her everything. He fell in love with the wrong soulmate. His soul was to be shaped by his calling. His soul was to be shaped by the word of God. He was to develop a taste for holy things, but he developed a taste for carnal things. He developed a taste for life on the edge, living on the edge. He developed a taste for these Philistine women. He developed a taste for danger and violence. He was shaping, he was creating his appetite, his taste for the people he would be attracted to. You've seen it. Some people marry and then they marry and then they marry and they keep on marrying the wrong person. Just repeating the thing. Samson, that was his soulmate, all right? was not the one God had for him don't be deceived by saying oh I really love him I really love her but you're married to someone else I really love him I love her but they're not a, they're not a follower of Christ I really love them this is the first time it says that Samson loved anybody and he loved her But it wasn't God's plan. She would be his undoing. What happens is love is not just a helpless feeling you feel when you feel something you never felt before, you create the capacity within to love certain people and certain things. Had he listened to his mother's and father's advice, his whole life would have been different. Had he married that good Jewish girl, he would have been okay. The story would have ended. would have ended well. But he didn't. You know, there's a real contrast between the first judge and the last judge. Nathaniel, Othniel, rather, Othniel, married a godly woman who impacted him who influenced him, who helped him get an inheritance. That was the first judge in the book of Judges and the writer is purposely planning it there and purposely planning Samson and Delilah at the end so that you would make that contrast. See, your future, your destiny, your years are often associated and connected to the people that you let influence you and you bring closest to your heart. Young people, just ask your parents how quick the years go. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, they they go like that. And who you choose to travel along with in the journey impacts you for all eternity. Ever woven together is a story of Samson and Blinded. blinded by love. Blinded by love. Sometimes people are blinded by love, and he was. But he did something else, and he forfeited the presence of the Lord. See, he walked in stupidity. He didn't even know the the spirit of God had departed from him. In verses nineteen to twenty, you see him forfeiting the presence of the Lord. He falls asleep in her lap. He tells him a secret. Here, uh, I have these. My hair has never been cut. She cuts the hair. He's fallen asleep on her lap. And then he gets up and he's going to shake himself like he did before. And it says, a wist not the Spirit of the Lord had left him. How many Christians, I wonder if they realize God's not with you because you've chosen to go your own way, you've turned your back, you've chosen to follow your sensual desires and you're living in the stupidity of sin. What a tragedy. The Spirit of God wasn't with him. And he doesn't even know it. Well, I'm gonna quickly move on. I could camp on that, but time is going on. And so I'm gonna look at quickly the last point. You see his sensuality, his stupidity, and the last thing, he's governed by selfishness. Now, at the end of the story, Turns out a little better because he repents. He's broken. When he tries to get up and free himself and the Philistines come in, you know what they do? They gouge out his eyes. So he's blinded. He always lived life by the lust of the eyes. Whether it was that Timnah, the Philistine woman, whether it was the prostitute, whether it was Delilah. I mean, he just was governed by that. And so God had to take his eyes out so he could really see. Sometimes God has to take something away from you so you really see, so you really wake up. Here he is, sent down the Gaza from Delilah's house. And he's grinding the grain like a slave. And here's part of his prayer. You can see his selfishness. You know, our best motives, there's, sometimes lower motives, shades of gray. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, he knows God, he's talking to the covenant name of God. I believe he repented, he made things right with God. He's thinking, he has plenty of time to think. He, remembered. he says, remember me, oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. And let me, with one blow, now notice these words. Get revenge on the Philistines from my two eyes. That's the way it was all his life. Every time he did something against the Philistines, it was because it was out of revenge. It was to get even, it was to get back. He used his gift selfishly. He never used the gift that God gave him in the way he was supposed to use the gift that God gave him. It was all about Samson, all about himself. He squandered the gift on himself instead of using it for the kingdom, and so he experiences disgrace, the disgrace he experienced they 're in this temple, and they 're just worshiping Dagon it 's a temple they had leaders from all over the nation coming among the philistines and listen just some of the words that are, the Philistine rulers held a great festival offering sacrifices and praising their God, Dagon. Here's their song. Our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. When the people saw him, they praised their God. Our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power, half drunk by now. The people demand bring out Samson so he could amuse us. What a shame. The hero living like a... Clown, sin will bring you to a place of shame and disgrace. The highway of holiness is the hard way, but it's always the way that leads you to the place of honor. The easy way, the downhill pull of your nature goes that way, and the world goes that way, always leads to a place of shame and disgrace not a place to glory and honor. The Christian will culminate in heaven and he will experience the glory of heaven. There's this downward slippery slope that every rebellious person is going on that leads to the place of dishonor. He accomplished so little with all that God had given him. But, 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 his heavenly father, still loved him, and you could see the grace of God so many times, that amazing grace invades our lives when we least, least, least deserve it, and here God comes, Samson is in there, and he's praying, let me die with the Philistines, well, you lived with long enough, Samson, let me die with them, he shouldn't have died with them, but yet he is here, he's let me die with them, But the grace of God, God answers his prayer. And he pushes the two pillars apart. And 3,000 Philistines are killed, more than in his whole lifetime. And Dagon is defeated. And he, see, his hair, the Bible says his hair began to grow back. I don't know, maybe the Philistines didn't notice it. Maybe they didn't pay much attention. His hair began to grow back. That's the mercy of God. That's the grace of God. His eyesight never came back, but the hair began to grow back. There are some consequences you can't turn back. You can't change. But, but God is a God of grace who reaches in and embraces. And here he is, God. God. One more time and God says, okay, Samson. And God defeats gone. Now, as I close, I want you just to look at For just a moment, two things, two deaths. The death of Samson and the death death of Jesus. There were similarities, you know. There were differences, of course. But the similarities, Samson died a death of humiliation. But it was because of his, well, sensuous lifestyle, stupidity, his selfishness. The Savior died a life being mocked and humiliated, but it was because of his righteousness he came to serve others and not himself. It was because of his holiness and his passion to do the Father's will
0: that he hung on the
1: cross. Uh, When Samson died, he killed the enemies of the people of God. When Jesus died, He destroyed hell, death, and the grave, and Satan's power over the believer. When Samson died, they just took him back to his hometown and they buried him, and that was the end. Except when Cecil B. DeMills made the movie again. (laughs) But when Jesus died, The third day he rose from the grave and he defeated our enemy. And because he lives, you and I can live. And he's come to give us grace and grace abundantly. See, that's our savior, Jesus.
0: Throughout the history of the nation of Israel, there have been various forms of leadership. From the creator of heaven and earth, to kings, to judges. The book of Judges details the time when God chose judges like Othniel and Deborah to make right ruling in Israel. Join us each day as Pastor Ed shares with us verse by verse from the book of Judges. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Visiting the website will also help you stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith. At the website, you'll find today's message for you to listen to again, download, or even post to your Facebook page to share with your family and friends. Again, that's all available when you log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching verse by verse through the Old Testament Book of Judges. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word